Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 199 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. This is Christina Simmons, your host, and today I have a wonderful guest for you, Greg Atchison. And he is the founder of Catholic Religion Teacher. It's an online uh, website that provides resources for all sorts of religious education teachers. But recently, the Lord called him into founding what is now known as Happy, Healthy, and Holy Coaching. And so I sat down with Greg to talk with him about how it is that God brought him to this point. And then also we had a lot of fun um, talking about stories in particular, uh, because we're both uh, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings fans and others. Uh, But the biggest thing was speaking about the saints and how it is that the saints are really the key for helping us be able to become saints as well. So I know that this is a great conversation for you to listen to and take Greg up on his offer to go check out his happy, healthy, and holy coaching, particularly if you want to really integrate all aspects of your life and this new year that's coming up soon. God bless and see you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and today I have a most wonderful guest with me. Um, In fact, we were joking before we got on about the fact that we must be related somehow because we have all these common interests and activities that we do, and our backgrounds are the same. So it's going to be a fun time. Um, But Greg, thank you so much for coming on to the show. And, you know, why don't you tell people a little bit about uh, yourself in the sense of like where you are right now physically? <laughs> sure. I am in the wonderful state of Minnesota right now, though I grew up in the glorious state of Iowa. My my heart is still near and dear to my hometown, my home state of Iowa. So, <laughs> uh, Where in Iowa? Davenport, Iowa. Okay. I actually uh, knew some people in Ames. Um, and, uh, and I had family, uh, my great grandmother and, uh, her brother and his family, uh, were in Sioux city, Iowa. Uh, so, uh, we, we would go across Iowa many, many times as we would go and visit cause we were in Florida and we'd come and drive. And so, uh, I was near and dear to my heart too. And it's a beautiful place. So lots of cornfields, right? <laughs> well, isn't that where field of dreams was, was uh, you know, Dyersville, yeah. Iowa. Yep. Exactly. Build it and they will come. So (laughs) you you definitely have done that before. But before we get into into that, um, would you share a little bit about your own faith journey and kind of how you came to be doing what you're you're doing today? Yeah, you bet. Um, God is good. I I, I always say he can he can write great stories with like when we let him, you know, when we give him Mm -hmm. the chance, he can write just amazing stories. And obviously, like I look back 
at my life. And I think like, how in the world did I, did I go from where I started to where I am now? Like I, I couldn't mm-hmm. remember myself. Um, obviously God, God can. Uh, so yeah, I grew up in Iowa, grew up Catholic, um, Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, great Catholic family, lots of great Catholic friends, met Jesus in youth group um, in high school and had a profound, you know, conversion experience then kind of the first real taste of like choosing Jesus in my life. Um, and went off to college and had all the questions come up with, you know, I'm off, I'm off on my own now. I can do whatever I want to do. And that's scary, uh, but also pretty, pretty awesome. You know, it's, it's really cool. Uh, and so I, I had kind of that gut check moment because I went off to, went off to college, long story short. Um, I was surrounded by all kinds of temptations. I was in a fraternity my freshman year. I thought fraternity life was going to be like lots of fun pranks that we pull on each other, lots of football watching, football playing, just a whole whole lot of fun with a bunch of brothers. And uh turned out a lot of those brothers, not all of them, but the majority of them had different goals in life than I did. Um, you know, basically get drunk and get girls is, is kind of how I summarize it. And I had a faith that said that's not gonna make me happy in the end. Like there's more to life than that. Um, and so right away I kind of had that gut check of all right, who am I living for? What am I living for? what's true, um, what's going to guide me throughout the rest of my life. So I took a deep dive in college and, and really wanted to investigate the faith more, um, partially because I got to the point where I, wait a minute, you know, my parents aren't going to make me go to mass. Um, mm-hmm. My my friends are off at different colleges. They're not going to hear, you know, they're not here to encourage me in the faith. And um, so I started to ask those big questions like, well, why am I Catholic? You know, I, I know I met Jesus in a very emotional way in, in high school, but I I wanted to dig deeper and, and find more intellectual foundation. So I began asking all the questions. Is there a God? Is Jesus who he said he was? Did Jesus start the Catholic church? Mm-hmm. Um, all those things. And it took me on a little, little tour to a different college up here in Minnesota. I had transferred to the university of St. Thomas mm-hmm. and uh, studied theology. And so I, I just wanted to study it head on and, and figure out like, what are the answers here? Um, and in that process, I left the church for a while uh, was essentially an agnostic for about a year. Um, met Jesus again through the grace of God and, and through a lot of great professors and finding some great websites with some great talks from brilliant theologians and philosophers. Um, of course, meeting the saints eventually would bring me all the way back to the church. Um, but I was a Protestant for a little while there. And then, um, I guess the icing on the cake was a pilgrimage to Rome. Um, Mm. and, had the chance to go to mass with JP too, um, and just witness his holiness, uh, his holiness through suffering. Um, but also all the saints in Rome, just, you can't help but recognize the beauty of, of all that there. So that was kind of the icing on the Catholic cake. Um, and I came back to the Catholic church been in college. Uh, and then part of that process was, all right, now I'm like, I'm all in, like I'm, I'm Catholic and here we go, Lord, what do you want me to do? And, uh, I had met, uh, the most amazing woman of my life. Um, and I said, all right, that's the girl. Like, I'm going to marry her. Like, <laughs> she's mm-hmm. she's the one. And uh, as soon as we started to get somewhat serious of like, all right, let's let's date and let's, let's discern here. Um, that's when the Lord put on my heart. He's like, Greg, what about the priesthood? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, I don't want to think about the priesthood. Like, I've met her. Like, I want to go off and marry her. Like, that's not part of the plan here. And and he kept coming back to me and just kind of in in the most gentleman gentlemanly kind of way, you know, what about this? Will you consider this? Will you open your heart to this? 
um, to the point where I was trying to discern the priesthood and marriage with this woman mm. at the time. And that's a little difficult when you're <laughs> with that person. So, um, so we broke up uh, and went our separate ways for a while and essentially put my, put my life in the Lord's hands and say, all right, if you want me to be a priest, like I want to be all in for that. Uh, but I, I need to discern that fully. And so I, I headed off to seminary, um, went to Mundelein Seminary for a year. Uh, I had Bishop Barron as a professor mm -hmm. of mine, which is just awesome. I was, was <laughs> uh, going to ask that, yeah. Yeah, a complete gift in itself. I had a whole year of formation. I had tons of extra prayer time. I had great brotherhood, um, a completely awesome year of formation. And, and uh, that was a gift in itself. But during that time, it was almost like the Lord just kept on coming back to me and saying like, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for, for writing the blank check with your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually said like, you know, that was, that was the test. And mm -hmm. like, you, pro you proved to me that you're willing to give, give it all up. I give up the number one thing in your life, this girl. And, um, and he said, all right, get out of here. I want you to go teach the faith and eventually be a husband and father. And so, um, so that was kind of the, the build up to going back and finding the girl, marrying her, and then teaching middle school religion for the next 14 years in uh, Catholic schools in Texas and Minnesota. Mm. So did you go back and find the same girl or a different? <laughs> I found the same one. And thankfully, okay. she's not been swept off her feet yet. Mm -hmm. um, well, we had done the whole, like, we're not talking to each other, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who, for, for who knows how long. Um, and right. that was just, you know, we, we said our goodbyes. Um, up here in St. Paul, Minnesota, our, our last day together, essentially before I, you know, we kind of mm -hmm. started, started the silent treatment, I guess. Um, right. We prayed uh, a rosary underneath a giant oak tree uh, mm -hmm. and just said, you know, Mary, you've been so good to us from the beginning. Um, just draw us to your son and, and just help us to do the Lord's will here. As mm -hmm. incredibly painful as, as we pried our eyes out through the rosary. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so Thankfully, uh, yeah, she had not been swept off her feet yet by the time I was out of seminary and we started dating and then she got married. So yeah. we now have four children. <laughs> so wonderful. Uh, yeah. what, what are the ages of your kids? Uh, Mary is 13. She's an eighth grader here uh, mm -hmm. at our Catholic school. And then Piper is in fifth grade. Zoe is in first grade. And then our little guy, Blaze John Paul, is four and a half in preschool. Mm. Wow, Saint Blaise and John Paul—that—that's a heavy burden there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful. Uh, That—that's awesome. Um, one one of the things that I've often been amazed by, um, and you know, if you're in the Catholic world, many people misunderstand what the purpose of seminary is, um, and it really is about discernment, proper discernment, um, and. I've often joked and said that, you know, we all need to go off for year, two years, you know, however long in order to really discover who we are and mm. who we are in relation to him, you know, to God. And then we're really going to be able to then enter into a lifelong commitment to someone else if that's what God has in store for us. Yeah. But if we don't do that, then what we tend to do is have these kind of, you know, um, expectations of a person, a creation, you know, a creature to fulfill us in a way that's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, you know, 
I, I'm glad that you're able to see the the huge gift that that was. Um, I, I would love it if we were able to do that for all young men and, and women to yeah. be able to understand that, you know, have that year. Um, but uh, awesome. So so from there, you you you, uh, you you've spent 14 years, uh, you know, uh, teaching. And actually, I first came across you with your work on the Catholic religion teacher website. Um, so how did that come about? Because I've been in a classroom and I, and I can tell you going and doing extracurricular activities, like, you know, running a website or anything, you don't got a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, not at all. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of a fun, fun turn of events. So I was teaching obviously for a number of years, um, giving my heart and soul to all my students. And uh, I always tell my students, you know, I have two main goals for you guys. Uh, number one, I want you to leave my classroom in eighth grade and graduate as many theologians. Um, and then number two, more importantly, I want you to be big time saints. Mm. So I said that, you know, that's kind of, that's the goal here. Every single class, like we're trying to become mini theologians or big time theologians would be great too. Um, mm-hmm. And big time saints. And so uh, I, I tailored all my lesson plans to that theme. I always try to weave that in. So the catechetical, the evangelical, bringing mm-hmm. those together. Um, and my students would go off to college, or not to college yet, but they go off to high school first, um, and they'd have their own theology teachers if they're going off to Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. And sadly, for for some of them, they'd come back and visit us, uh, the various teachers mm-hmm. they had, and um, and they'd come to my classroom and say, "Mr. Aitchison, we we want you to come to our high school and teach theology classes because it's so boring and the lessons are just so uninspiring and." we've learned everything already and you know that they they sang a million praises um and it's all god to to him be the glory but um they essentially said like you need to teach here uh and so that was kind of a first inkling of oh maybe other teachers could use resources um but then my my own my own students in my own classroom are kind of starting to say like you know this is really really fun and you know again will you come to high school with us and keep teaching us Say no, I, th- I think the Lord's calling me here right now. Um, but my students said, "Can you share your lesson plans with our teachers?" <laughs> I said, "I suppose so. I, I, yeah, I guess I can." And so I would connect with some teachers every now and again. I would send them some lessons, and they'd be excited, and and uh, we'd share a little bit. But um, some students just said, "You know, Mr. Jason, why don't you make a website so that you can mm-hmm. share lesson plans with lots of teachers?" <laughs> right. Said, okay. Sure. So through their encouragement, I created CatholicReligionTeacher.com. Uh, a very basic website to start, but I just started putting all my lessons out there and lo and behold, teachers are visiting from all over the place. And I can see the website stats, you know, it's teachers from Cambodia and um, China and Singapore and uh, England and all across the United States and Canada, of course, as well, any English speaking country. Um, And then I would get emails from these teachers saying, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. My students are loving this or they're loving this or they're learning this. And um, it was really inspiring. And uh, so it just focused, you know, it brought to atten- attention that, you know, I'm going to keep on doing this. I'm not making money off this right now. And right. <laughs> I don't, I don't even have the bandwidth, to, like try and sell these things right now. Um, but it was my, my students who encouraged me to do it the first time around. Uh, and then eventually as I got more serious about it and after I left the classroom, I, I formalized it a little bit more um, and made Catholic religion teacher.com 2.0 right. and, uh, and began sharing lessons more that way. 
Well, I can attest to uh, that you get some great resources. Um, I use some of your stuff that you developed from the Chosen series. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, so uh, that's, that's been great. But, um, you know, you shared, you know, kind of why you did it. But what is it that continues to motivate you um, to keep, you know, putting stuff out there? Yeah, I, I think it's like it's it's the hearing from teachers or from their mm -hmm. students from all over the place who say they're being impacted by these resources I've created. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to be a perfectionist <laughs> for better or for ill. And, uh, and so I, I know I've put a lot of heart and soul into these lessons. And so it makes me really proud to know that like all the time and energy I put into these are being used for good and they're having an impact. And, uh, and especially the, the emails or the notes from teachers that I'll get which is kind of the most ridiculous things. Like I would, again, I couldn't imagine some of the things that have happened. Um, it's all God. Um, and so one of my favorite units that I, that I ever taught was called the Bible Diddy. Um, and mm -hmm. in short, it's a silly, goofy Catholic song to help students memorize all 73 books of the Bible in order. Mm. Um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll give you the quick preview of the New Testament. Um, okay. And I'll do actions. I'm sitting down here, but there are actions that go with it. Uh, it's more fun when you can stand up and bounce around and out. Kind of like Father Abraham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Uh, and so <laughs> this is just the New Testament, and you'll kind of understand parts of it. And some of you like, what does that mean? But there's little clues within the song and right. the actions that help students remember. So the New Testament version goes like this. The New Testament. Zing! Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were acting like Romans in the city of Corinth, where they met the G-E-P. Now the G-E-P collided with the five T's. Thessy, Thessy, Timmy, Timmy, Titus. Finnebon was brewing up some games for James, the two Pete's, the three Johns, and the dude Jude who had this little revelation. Mm, so that's, that's that's the that's new text. great. You'll hear some weird things like the GEP. You're like, what's that? That's Galatians, Ephesians. Yeah. So, um, and anyway, so that's one of my favorite units of all time. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's one that I, I kind of put back out there. I did, I did like official recording so that I could teach teacher mm -hmm. students if they didn't weren't really comfortable like getting on in front right. of the classroom and like teaching all the actions and being crazy yeah. and so I just kind of released that this past year and I've have heard some really fun things from teachers to the point where one of the projects within that unit is for the students to then uh go evangelize others mm -hmm. go the same. Others. yeah mm -hmm. so um so part of that is like they'll teach little siblings so it was always really fun because I would mm -hmm. have some of my eighth grade students teaching their like five-year-old sisters or brothers. Right. They would be like, come and show me in the hallways. Like, the new Testament. <laughs> and like it's so fun. Um, but one of the other projects with that is to film yourself doing the Bible Diddy somewhere mm -hmm. fun and creative. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that, you know, for Minnesotans, there are some students who would go out to a frozen lake in the middle of January, right. film themselves there. Some of them would go into the middle of a target and they'd be in like all, an aisle at Target and yeah. the workers behind them like what's going on mm -hmm. um, some students would be like doing flips on a trampoline while they're doing it mm -hmm. but I just heard in the last week that there um, there's a teacher who had a student who is traveling to Paris mm -hmm. and they had this assignment and so their goal was to do the Bible duty on the Eiffel Tower, Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't have video footage of this yet but I'm going to reach out to that teacher to see if um if they're yeah, able to and we would be willing to share that with me because I would just love to see see that. Good. I, again, I would never imagine the Bible that he'd be performed on yep. the Bible Tower. <laughs> so. 
uh, the, the little ways that our Lord uses our creative skills, you know, the gifts that he gives us and how he uses them to then be able to spread his, his good news. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, that that's awesome. Um, so switching gears a little bit, you're a big sports guy and you love doing athletic challenges like CrossFit and Spartan races. Um, I'm an Ironman triathlete and distance runner myself. So I I get the kind of the craziness. Um, (laughs) But uh, I'd love to know how you got started and what's the continued appeal for you. Yeah. Um, It started as a kid. I always loved playing sports. I was always playing sports, basketball, football, baseball, uh, for sure. Uh, As well as just anything else, just running around all the time playing sports. And so that's been a lot of love in my life since the time I was little. Um, but like it became big time when I was in high school and I was, I was being kind of a, a lazy slob at the time, uh, in my faith life, in my school life, I was not being the nicest kid to my parents. And my older brother, Eric wrote me a letter. Uh, he was off in college and he just wrote me a letter. Um, just a very like straightforward, encouraging letter that only a brother could write to a little mm-hmm. brother. Uh, and he said, you know what, Greg, I think you're meant for more. I think you could be better. I think you can step up your game at school. I think you can get healthier um, and uh, and push yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, and that was kind of like the first moment of like somebody, somebody really being up front with me and saying like, I, mm. I'm, I'm going to call you on to more because I know you can be more and do more. Yeah. And so that little, little fire in me that eventually turned into a bigger fire, uh, long story short, I lost 40 pounds uh, between my sophomore and junior year of high school. I realized that fitness could be super, super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, not just sports be fun, but like just right. taking care of yourself, eating healthy and exercising can be just outstanding because by the time I lost 40 pounds and I was in really good shape, uh, I had more energy in my heart <laughs> than I absolutely knew what to do with. I was just off the walls, excited about life. Um, my faith life grew. I was doing tons better in school because I was disciplined in my physical fitness. I was disciplined at school. I was a better son <laughs> to my parents, mm-hmm. I was a better friend. Essentially, fitness just um, it carried over to all the other areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And so ever since that moment in high school, I saw that connection between the physical and the mental and the emotional and the spiritual. And so uh, from then on, I've, I've always, you know, on the side of teaching, I've been mm-hmm. doing these things and uh, um, fast forward 20 years and I was going to be turning 40. Uh, and I, whether it was like a midlife crisis kind of thing, or just like the part of me that says like, I want to like do something big for my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, I want to get in the best shape of my life by the time I turn 40. And uh and so I had like always like, I listened to all the podcasts, I'd read all the books, I, I've done all the things. Um, but I, I, I took a gamble and I said, you know what, I'm going to hire a health coach mm. and just see if that can maybe like help me get to the next level. And I was kind of thinking like, they'll probably just tell me the things I've already learned through all these podcasts and books I've read. Right. Um, and it won't be that big of a deal and I'll be wasting my money. Uh, but I hired a health coach um, and it, was completely life-changing uh there was just something about it besides the wisdom that my coach offered me it was the check-ins it was the little yeah. encouragement it was the mindset shifts which were huge because i'm the kind of guy who, like yeah. uh you know if it's not if i'm not seeing improvement by tomorrow then i'm like ah oh, i'm gonna give up <laughs> and she was just like we're playing the long game you know 
change takes time and we're going to, you know, progress a little baby steps at a time. And, um, so yeah, I, I worked with her for about six months mm-hmm. and it just revolutionized a lot of things in my life. And again, I got fitter. I, mm-hmm. I all of a sudden started breaking all kinds of records at the gym and running races and mm-hmm. eating healthier in ways that I didn't realize before getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And again, the carryover just happened automatically. I was getting fitter physically and I was taking my faith more seriously. Again, I was being a better husband and father, you name it. Um, life was going really well. And it, it was kind of at that point that the Lord started speaking to my heart and saying, Hey, you've got a passion for this. And I like to use people's passions to help other people in their lives. Um, yeah. What about you doing this for others? Uh, and it was, this has been after I, I left teaching for a bit to stay home with my two little kids, um, help raise them at home. And yeah, it was kind of the right time to, to think about maybe something else. And yeah. so this past in the past year and a half, I studied up, got a couple um, certifications in health coaching, nutrition coaching, and started a business called Happy, Healthy, and Holy. Yeah. And um, so kind of kind of going down that road a little bit, um, I, I checked out uh, all of what you offer there, especially, you know, the mission that you have. I, I was intrigued and, you know, and it's kind of, you know, more specific, you, you say, it's to help and inspire others to be their best body, mind, and soul. Yeah. So what are you hoping might result from being able to, to work with people or for people, you know, with, with happy, healthy and holy, what do you hope might come from that? Yeah. Um, so when I was preparing to become a health coach, I was kind of going through the mental, mental, you know, um, practice of like, what, what is that going to look like for me? And Mm -hmm. I, I was checking out all kinds of other health coaches online and kind of getting a feel. And I did a couple of phone calls with them and zoom calls and so on. Mm-hmm. And I realized very, very quickly, very early on that any client that I coach, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not be able to talk about my faith. <laughs> and so like, yeah. uh, I just knew right away, like faith has got to be a part of this because mm-hmm. I don't want to coach folks who just want to like go get tons of muscles and like show off their muscles to everybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and be really attractive to get the guys or to get the girls or whatever like i, mean, I don't want to help people live shallow lives i want them to be in the best shape that they can be um mm-hmm. get healthier so they can live longer to be with their kids longer so they can right. um, have more energy to to do the work that god's calling them to do um mm-hmm. to feel better uh, on a daily basis all those kind of things yeah uh, and so i, I recognize that right away that all right faith has got to be a part of my health coaching mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not going to bill myself as like a general health coach. Like I want to be a Catholic health coach, just straight mm-hmm. up. And, um, and let people know that not only do I want to help them with their physical fitness goals, their nutrition goals. Um, but I also want to be there for them, for their spiritual goals, for their mental goals, their emotional goals, mm-hmm. basically anything they want to work on. So, right. um, I wouldn't call myself a life coach per se. I'm not a spiritual director. I love Jesus and I have a lot of experience mm-hmm. of course and um, trying to be a saint and failing a lot along the way. Um, but but yeah, I, I come at it with a very holistic approach of, I wanna connect with you on a faith level and help you get closer to Jesus while at the same time also helping you become uh, the best version of yourself in other areas of your life. What, what I just heard you say is the fact that you wanna ensure that you are holistically caring for the person in front of you so that their physical 
and you know mental and spiritual are all integrated perfect yep bingo yeah. you yeah. said it a lot better than i just did <laughs> no um it, it, it it's something of where so often though i mean you highlighted the fact of you know um you realize that you needed to go at it this way um mm. and that is so important because so often you know like good catholics They'll, they'll want to get in shape, they'll want to be doing some things, but then, you know, they check out the local fitness club and you get all sorts of stuff that actually can potentially have negative consequences in the rest of your life. Um, and uh, so it, it's important for us to recognize there is a difference. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you do that. So obviously you are a one-on-one -on -one health and nutrition coach, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, um, could you describe a little bit about what your coaching kind of like looks like and, you know, and also maybe how can people discern if, if this is something that's the right path for them at this time? Yeah, you bet. So, um, I'll answer the second part first. Uh, sure. if folks are interested at all about like, you know, what, if, if there's some tug at their heart saying like, you know what, I've, I've always wanted to get in better shape. I've always, you know, I've been trying to lose weight for forever. Um, I want to be around for my grandchildren. I want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to get old and sick, like maybe my own parents, you know, something like that. Um, if there's that little tug in their hearts, um, and there's that little motivation of like, I want to want to see what I can do if I can improve in these areas, but it's been a struggle to do it on their own. That's where I come in in terms of like, all right, let's see, let's see if, if working with a coach would be beneficial for you. Um, mm -hmm. I think the answer is yes, in <laughs> a, yep. a million times over. But um, I do a free discovery call for anybody who's even somewhat interested. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's no pressure whatsoever. Kind of like you, I, I like to hear people's faith stories. I like to hear where people are coming from. And so I do a Zoom call like we're doing right now. And I, I just say, hey, let's take 20 minutes. Tell me more about your faith background. Tell me more about your health journey. Um, what are the goals you like to work on or you want to work on? Mm -hmm. um, and like, not just like, what are those baby goals? But like we call them, the, I call, like to call them the, our North star goals. Like what are those big goals? The, the long, um, long distance kind of vision. And sometimes I call them BHAG goals, the big hairy mm -hmm. audacious goals. Um, like really, if, if you could like snap your fingers and get something in terms of your own health or your spiritual life or whatever, like, what would that look like? Yeah. Um, and so I like to dig deeper with, with folks and kind of hear where they're coming from. And then I tell them straight up, like, all right, well, here's, here's what a coach does. or Here's what I, as mm -hmm. a coach uh, would do. Um, mm -hmm. We, we connect, we connect on a regular basis and clients choose how often they want to connect, whether that's once a month over a zoom call or every other week over a zoom call. Um, and we, those are our main connection points where we go through and we talk about, all right, what are some of the struggles you've experienced in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> Um, what are the goals you want to work on from here? What prayer requests do you have? Um, I really like to focus on victories, whether they're little victories or big victories. Like, you know, sometimes it's a client who said like, it was Halloween and I wanted to eat 38 pieces of candy and I ate 23. Like, all right, we're going to call that a victory because at some point you made a decision to say, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of like what I yeah. used to. Um, and so I like to highlight a lot of those things and then make a plan going forward with some stepping stone goals. So we, we have the, the North star goals are kind of the big picture vision, the long distance goals. And then instead of trying to get from point A to point Z, we go from point A to point B and we just kind of build 
off of those from week to week. So we go from B to C, then C to D, and we kind of keep going from there. Um, I have a app, um, so a phone app that my clients can connect with me um, every day if they want to. So we can text back and forth. I can send video messages, um, mm -hmm. share pictures. They can take a picture of their meals and say, like, hey, look what I ate for lunch today. Isn't this healthy? And I can say, yeah, great job, and, and encourage them that way. Um, or like, hey, I uh, have a really tough day today. Can you throw some prayers my way? For sure. You know, so they can connect with me 24-7 um, through the app. And then we do video calls again, kind of how often they would like. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. Yeah. So where where might people be able to go to learn more about that? You know, so they want to connect with you, you know, where, where they need to go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, happy health, happy, healthy and holy.org is the website. Mm -hmm. And there's a link there for clients to click or future clients or interested parties to click and say, like, I like to do a discovery call. Mm -hmm. um, I just get a little bit of a background on them and then I'll do a call with them. And again, I, I don't say like, all right, you got to sign up. It's like, this is totally on you because I don't want somebody feeling pressure to sign up because right. if they sign up under any kind of pressure, then it's going to be a failure. They mm -hmm. have to want it. And so yeah. I'm just going to say, I'm here for them. If they choose it and want it, then let's go. I'm going to walk with you and be your cheerleader and encourager and coach all on the way. But like, I don't, I don't do the work in the end. They do all the work, but mm -hmm. having somebody there behind you and encouraging you is quite helpful. Oh yeah. I, I can attest because I, I am a spiritual director and that's exactly what it is of where it's just like, Hey, I'm here. Let's set up an appointment. Let's have the conversations. What's good, you know, a month, six weeks, you know, um, you know, what, what's your resolutions that you want for the, you know, to work on, you know, and it, it, it's something of where, um, but I'm not the one who's going to, you know, make them pray. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, um, so, so for you, that, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, uh, re really excited about that. Uh, cause it really is, as you were saying, it really marries that passion, um, you know, with a need, uh, talk about need in our, in our world today. Um, but what have you found to be the most challenging for you to be able to keep like all these different efforts, you know, kind of like on track, because your your husband, your dad, you know, those are primary vocations, of course. And then, you know, you have have your job, you know, so and then then you have these activities as, as well as, um, you know, uh, acting as a coach. And so what what have you found to be the most challenging about all that? <laughs> kind of what you said there, all the things, you know, there's, there's so many things going on. So I I think I I, I suffer constantly from wanting to do so many things. Mm. Um, like I have Google Docs that are pages long of like, all right, here's what I'm going to do next. And here's what I'm going to do next. And here's the other big project. And I've got two other websites in the works and I want to do things with that. And uh, and just, I want to do all the things all the time. And the Lord mm. says, you are a husband and a father first. And, uh, and your time is finite and you still need to sleep and take care of yourself and all those things. And so, um, for instance, I'm looking at my desk. I have it taped on my desk. Uh, it's just a reminder of it's it, building blocks, faith, family, friends, work, fitness in that order. It's just a kind of, kind of yeah. a constant reminder for myself, like, wait a minute, if work is getting like to be my main focus, then something's wrong here. Um, and so to mm -hmm. kind of put things back in order. And then, uh, I think one of my, my favorite mantras that I have to tell myself all the time, because I get, again, as you can probably sense, I get really excited about all these things. I want to do all the things. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 
when I don't have the time to do all the things, I get stressed about it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, how am I going to get all these things done? Uh, and then I have to remind myself of this quote. And I heard this in a homily uh, from one of my favorite priests, Father Bob Schwartz. He said, no stress, just do your best and let God take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know many other saints, uh, saints have said things along these lines, maybe not in that way. I'm looking at a quote from Edith Stein on my wall, who at the end of the day, at the end of the night, she said, like, all those things that you didn't get done, give them to the Lord and then go to sleep. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think it was John the 23rd, who said something like that as well, you know, yeah. about the church and all the church's problems. He said, it's your church. I'm going to bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's the struggle uh, that I experienced. But that's the thing I have to keep on coming back to is Lord, like, if you want these things to happen, um, you're going to make them happen somehow, some way, some, mm-hmm. someday. But I'm not going to force the issue because I've learned when I try to force the issue, I just mess it all up and I get stressed out and I'm not my best self. So, <laughs> um, uh, well, it, it sounds like, uh, you know, that, that wisdom has been helping you on your own journey towards holiness. Um, but, um, it, it's, it's something of, has there been one idea you've been sharing a couple of different mantras and, you know, your prioritization, but has there been one idea or habit or practice that's really been key for you um in being able to live that that life that god wants you to be living. yeah um this is maybe part of my temperament and my own nerdiness <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but this is something i've i found a lot of success with over the last couple of years is to have personal trackers for myself um mm-hmm. i call them habit trackers um mm-hmm. i also have like a treat tracker that focuses specifically on like you know desserts like i want to be very intentional when i'm eating dessert like i want to enjoy them uh but i also know it could be a very slippery slope if I have a, you know, Halloween candy this day. Like, why not candy tomorrow? And my kids' Halloween candy is sitting right there. I'll have more the next day and more the next day. It's like, wait a minute. Why don't I track and say, like, today, I'm going to eat five pieces of candy and love it and enjoy it and thank God for candy. But uh, I'm not going to go overboard because I'm going to write this down. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just being very intentional with that. Uh, and it kind of connects to the quote, if you fail to plan, plan to fail. Mm-hmm. And so I have... I have certain trackers like that. And I actually have a couple of free versions on my website on happyhealthyandholy.org. Um, so anybody who goes to that website or catholicreligionteacher.com, um, I've got a bunch of freebies for anybody who subscribes to either of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people can get the, they can get entrance to the freebie vault to the, the freebie website and, uh, and they'll get all these links to all these things that they can get. And so two of those are various trackers that allow folks to set some goals up and I encourage at the start, three different goals, one for body, one for mind, one for spirit. And, um, and then have a tracker every single day. And so one of the trackers is, I call it the stoplight tracker. Mm-hmm. Um, really simple. I've got it on my fridge, but it's the idea of, you know, if it's a spiritual goal, like maybe your goal is um, you want to pray every single day for 10 minutes. Lately, it's only been five minutes. You want to boost it to 10 minutes. Awesome. Like again, a good baby step goal, write the goal down. So now you're intentional with it, Mm -hmm. put it on your wall, your fridge, wherever you're going to see it the most. Um, It's set up. So it's it's for a month. So you're going to build the habit over a month. And then it's kind of um, a daily exam. And at the end of the day, I go to my fridge with a red marker, a yellow marker and a green marker. And if I, if I got the goal for the day, whether it was that spiritual goal or some other goal that I have, um, I color that circle in green. And it's kind of the sim- symbolism of like, all right, I'm going, like I'm, I'm on yeah. the path. 
Yeah, if I prayed for five minutes that day and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go eat breakfast or something, then I give that a yellow. Uh, so I kind of, I'm progressing somewhat, but I'm I'm not going as fast to my goals I like. And if it's a complete fail, then I, I put a red up there. And at the end of the month, you see, you see exactly where you're at with all the reds and all the greens and all the yellows. So by the end of the month, I have like a monthly exam of, all right, how do I do with these goals? Mm -hmm. obviously I need to work on this one some more next month. So let's yeah. transfer this goal over next month or wow. I'm praying 10 minutes every day. Like, like it's nobody's business. Mm -hmm. What if I step it up and now I'm going to pray 15 minutes every day, or I'm going to add in a litany of humility every single night or something like mm -hmm. that. So um, I really think trackers are, while they sound a little nerdy and they're a little bit melancholic in terms of temperament, uh, I found a lot of my clients to really appreciate them. Um, mm -hmm. and just again it makes everything very intentional and then it's accountability to yourself yeah. Um, yeah yeah um accountability and intentionality man uh you can't you can't go wrong with either one of those <laughs> um so i would be amiss i would be remiss if i did not ask about how you got into harry potter books and movies uh i know that there's some of your favorites uh i've been a huge fan and actually have gone to a couple of fan conferences and presented and you know oh. so um but how how did you get into harry potter and what appealed to you about it yeah great question um i was a harry potter denier for a long time in the sense of like mm -hmm. i was not going to step into the harry potter world because like I was the theology nerd, so I was always reading Catholic theology or Catholic philosophy books, mm -hmm. um, enjoying all that kind of stuff. And my wife was like, you know what? It'd be good for you to read some novels occasionally. <laughs> Just, right. And it's like, yeah, probably. And for Christmas one year, she got me the new illustrated edition of the first mm. Harry Potter. Okay. And, um, and so that's what it took. It took me a picture book to get into Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And so I started with that one. She loved him. And she said, I think you're going to really enjoy him too. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. So I, I started with the first one and I fell in love with it. Um, and then went through the, went through the whole series. I had some coworkers who were super pumped in about them as well. So we were talking about them all the time mm -hmm. and then went through the series again. And then as my oldest child was getting older, I said, let's, let's read these together. Um, mm -hmm. And I especially got to that point after I did a deep dive on Harry Potter from a Catholic perspective. Um, mm -hmm. because I had heard some folks out there who said oh, like sure. Harry Potter's evil and it's going to mm -hmm. get your kids to become witches and wizards and they're going to cast evil spells and mm -hmm. become obsessed and things like that. And I was like, I think that sounds kind of hokey based on my own reading of this, mm -hmm. but maybe there's some validity to it. So let me do a little research. So again, in my typical nerdy sense, I did the deep dive. Um, and I, I found some just awesome Catholic treasure from Harry Potter, like, like to the point where. C.S. Lewis has the Chronicles of Narnia and there's tons of Christian treasure in there. Right. Tolkien has the Lord of the Rings and there's tons mm -hmm. of like deeper hidden treasure there. Yep. Um, that's faith treasure. And J.K. Rowling, whether she meant all of it or not, um, there's so many great Catholic connections that can be brought out from the series. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I will send this to you after we're done chatting, but I have a 20 page PDF uh, typed up of all the Catholic connections I was able to pull mm -hmm. out of the books based on tons of articles, tons of books and stuff that I read mm -hmm. and my own kind of inklings. Mm -hmm. um, because I want to show a lot of folks out there like these books can be great bridges to the faith. Mm -hmm. And if especially I was looking at it from my own students perspective, right. some of them are so into it. And so 
it's always telling my students, you know, find the Catholic treasure in the things that you're reading, mm -hmm. watching, listening to, and so on. And uh, I started to point out some of these Catholic connections to my students and they're like, what? That's yeah. the coolest thing ever. Like, for instance, the Death Eaters, um, yeah. you know, they are obviously the bad guys. Uh, what's up with their name? They they mm -hmm. eat death. That that's the strangest name to make up. Um, but the opposite of that would be if the good guys are not death eaters, they would be the life eaters. Mm -hmm. Who are the life eaters on this earth? They are Catholic Christians who literally eat the bread of life every single week at mass. Um, so it's like that's just one of a couple hundred that I have in this document. I can see some formation from Bishop Barron there. <laughs> yes, yeah, and he was kind of one. When yeah. he did his little Lord of the Rings series on YouTube, mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And I thought, you know, let, I'm going to put my Catholic goggles on. I'm going to do the same thing that he did with Lord of the Rings, but with Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, um, yeah, I'll put that freebie in. I'll put that in both my on both my websites. Mm -hmm. uh, so anybody who signs up will get a link to those mm -hmm. um, and they can download that. And I've got a little article at the beginning that's kind of like answering the question, isn't Harry Potter evil and kind of offering some right. bottles to that. Yeah. Calm people down. Long story short, uh, I then began reading the series with my oldest daughter, Mary, and we did about a book e each year. We kind of grew with Harry Potter and his friends. And then now I'm with um, Piper and we're on the seventh book um, going through. And again, it's just been great bonding, but also like very catechetical and very evangelical in the sense of like bringing these connections to my kids and like seeing them light up about the, about, about the faith within them too. So, Well, particularly because it, it creates teachable moments. Yes. It creates those teachable moments of where we're able to have those conversations about, you know, uh, bullying and exclusion and, you know, and, and it's just something of where you would be hard pressed to come up with, you know, those situations to be able to talk about them unless your kids, unfortunately, were going through them, mm -hmm. but yet you're able to, you know, to experience it through Harry Potter um, yeah. and you're, you're spot on. Um, so just a, a quick, you know, what I did um, was similar, but it was finding uh, the, the moral life. It was the development of the moral life throughout mm -hmm. all the books. So at the end of each of the books, Harry will have mastered a particular virtue that was necessary in order for him to continue to progress and grow so that he was eventually able to do what he did, you know, yes. and, and, um, and uh, you know, so in that way, it's something of where it's just like, hey, there's the the moral, you know, virtuous life that is being led here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so in that alone, there's good. Yes. <laughs> so found found the Catholic pieces, you know, as, huh. as uh, B Bishop Barron always talked about, you know, yeah. it's like, hey, till the Protestant Reformation, it was all the umbrella and then it got blown up and now we got to go and find the pieces. Uh, <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. I like that. Yeah, that, that's Bishop Barron, you know, yeah. so, uh, but awesome. Well, I have I have so enjoyed spending time with you, Greg. Um, and there's so much that you have been doing in order to help others on their own journey. But in a particular way, I'm real excited about Happy, Healthy, and Holy. Um, and uh, for everybody out there, you know, as as Greg already said, if this is even on your heart at all, you know, then then definitely reach out. But any any final final thoughts or or words for the audience? <laughs> Be a saint. There you, you go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. This is all about, you know, the, the journey to, to become a saint, uh, to be those living, breathing, wonder-working saints.
uh, you know, on this earth and, and of course in heaven as well. But thank you so much for your time, Greg. It's been, it's been great. Thank you, Christina. I really appreciate it. God bless you and all the awesome work you're doing too. Uh, thank you so much. And for everybody out there, know my continued prayers for each of you that you continue to do whatever it takes so that together we can tell the master of death, not today. God bless everybody. <laughs>